0: Yo, yo, what it is, your boy Murder Move the Easy Man. I dance. I mean, hello, Dot Mob. Listen, catch my niggas. Live, Gil, Bayonne on Live On Sundays, man, because that's what we do. We live on Sunday, we live on Monday, we live on Tuesday. We try to live every day we could possibly <laughs> live. I mean, hello, hey. easy, huh? Dot mob. Yo, yo, welcome to the Live On Sunday podcast. I am your host, your boy Liv. I'm here with Gil, Bayon, fellas. I don't know why, but I'm so hyped to be here. We got the ill set up right now. We in the middle of Harlem on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning. But you don't hit me like yo, I'm outside, b. Said, I'm coming right now, King. I got you. What's good, fellas? How was y'all week? What was
1: good, man. You know, productive week. Ground starts. Beautiful grind. A little struggle, but a beautiful grind.
0: <laughs> tell them, tell them what you've been uh, you've been up to. You've been cooking up, King.
1: Oh man, i um, just recently doing a little home inspection. The home inspection course, get me right. I'm saying it's really crazy though, man. It's fucking just balancing work and actually um, going straight to like class. It's weird because it's virtual, but the grind is here, man. Home inspection, like what you mean, like, like a home inspection, like doing home inspections, yeah, grips? yeah. yeah well, I just started the course. Cool. Oh, dope. My first week completed. Okay, got, got four more weeks till I get that certificate. Fellas, certified. You ready? No, get them a check. Home inspector, bay. You heard his name yes, sir. verified.
0: <laughs> know <laughs> said, "I'm so stressed."
1: <laughs> she was nuts that first week. Ah, man, back to school.
0: Nah, you gotta have skills, man. You gotta yeah. pick up. You gotta pick up a little, uh, little things to tweak your yeah, tweak yeah, your game yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Update that resume. Exactly. That ass forever a student, really.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, um, this week was kind of crazy. Honestly, I had like a really busy week. Um, just a lot of shit going on. So, I mean, just happy to be here. Happy to pod. It's a little therapy session for me, at least, because, you know,
0: it's been kind of crazy. It was a wild week, man. (laughs) I can't even hold you. The merch dropped. I'm in the city. I'm making this call. I'm making that call. This is like, it's just a lot that goes into this shit, man. But, you know, when you want to provide quality for the people, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, but uh, in other news, the stock market was wild. It was wild, bro. Like the funny thing about it for me is like everybody's a stock expert now like <laughs> it's, it's kind of nuts like you get like
2: I mean it's a, I guess on some level it's cool like I guess that people are getting up on it and are getting themselves educated on, on the stock market but it's just like it's literally like a thing on Twitter or social media
1: so yeah yeah I think like it's a a trend because it's like cool to do it or do you think people actually want to learn and actually do it because it's always good like imagine like Someone who's just like, oh shit! Everybody's talking about it. I gotta do it because this person's doing it, and then it doesn't hit for them. And it's just like they're still kind of doing it, but they're not really like in tune of what's really going on. Because if it fails, it's like oh, I should have never did this shit. It's only just following what other people
2: are doing. That that's valid. I just feel like the thing the thing that goes on with that is just that, like I don't think enough people put enough time into like studying how to approach it, and that's why for me at least. I don't really fool with it on like a serious level because I know I'm not putting enough time into it. It's not something where you can just throw money in there and think yeah. it's just going to come back. Like it doesn't work like that in anything, you know what I mean? You have to really understand the market. You really have to understand how it really works and how things, you know, before you try to throw all your eggs in that basket or some of your eggs in that basket. Exactly.
0: I mean, what's the one that I want you were talking about earlier? AMC. I mean, I got into uh, DojaCoin maybe a couple months before. Um, cuz Elon Musk tweeted about it and it was like not even. What amazing. did he say? He just was like Dogecoin is my my favorite uh cryptocurrency out right now. And then you know how the internet goes once once uh, like these people have so much power they could just say something about it and then you know people are going to buy into it. So he he did that. I think I bought like I put like $200 in it. It was that gave me like 13,000 shares and then so the other night I'm on, uh, I'm on IG. It was midnight. I'm on IG and somebody put up a picture of them upset that they sold all their Doja coin. And I was like, what? So that means it was going up. So I go on Robinhood. I check the app and I'm like, oh shit, I'm lit. I'm lit right now. So the next day, I'm seeing the numbers going up and up and up and up. I'm like, yo, we going to a, It gets to a dollar. I'm going to make like 30000 Yeah, But I end up... It, you know how it is like... And then can see the money and it's like just sell them, you know, get your winnings. And, you know. Right. So, but I mean, I kind of came up on that, was so ain't man.
2: Nice, nice. Did you? Did you have to pay taxes on it when it when it. Um, do they take the taxes out right away?
0: No, nah, I don't. I think that that comes at the end of the year. But you have to anything that you sell before a year. I think I don't know what the exact rate is, but I think it's like forty percent. Especially with Biden yeah. in office now, like. That's, that's what it is. That's why niggas like Trump, because they can, they w- instead of charging you 40%, Trump will probably charge you 20. You save a lot of money like that, so. Makes sense. I mean, I think a lot of that is just long game
2: anyway. I mean, if you're really thinking about it, but, I mean, I'm no expert, so, I mean, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I'm not really into it. I feel like I got my eye on, like, the real estate stuff now, but, like, Never really been into the stocks. And I feel like you have to know what you're doing because, you know, if not, you can really. I know a lot of people who didn't do, had the funds, didn't do the their homework the right way and lost a lot of money. Um, just not researching. Yeah. I think that's
1: why I'm like so iffy about it because I really don't know a lot about it. So I don't want to just jump on gun and just fucking put like 200 bucks in some shit that I don't really know about yet. I mean, I don't know. just takes time for me to like really just focus on one thing and then put all my
2: chips in like yo this is it like one thing though just just generally though that i'm noticing and you've seen it now with the way i was talking to pompey about this too because we always i don't know we randomly just i guess because he lives in singapore and he'd be traveling and i'm here or whatever but like we talk about like the global economy a lot just like in passing and i was just talking to him about like What was going on here with unemployment and stimulus and covid and it just reeks of like how the inflation is just gonna you you like having cash it like that's the whole thing about the bitcoin thing that i think is kind of dope is like because the cash is not it doesn't have the same value even now like bro you think if they cut you Whenever I mean, granted there are other calamities, but whenever did they just cut you two grand, or did they cut you six hundred, and they're like, "Oh, we'll give you this, we'll give you that," and you not think that the value, like what you can get out of, let's say, for instance, five thousand dollars, is just not the same over time. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just not. So you have to do something to, and let's say, uh, like, let's say uh, the price of whatever goes up, like a commodity that we use every day, like what what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to be able to survive if they continue to print money at this level? But your the amount of money you make. Doesn't really change. And that's the, that was always my issue. Even with what's been going on with COVID and all this stuff. It's just like, yo, the government needs to come in. That's, that's what I was saying. When, when the shit first hit, when COVID first hit, I was like, I went on IG live and had a few conversations about it. It was just like, yo, the government needs to do something. Like they did literally need to step in. And some people are against that. I mean, it just kind of depends on what your, like, philosophy is. But, like, yo, bro, the wages are not going up. Like, salaries are kind of, like, have kind of been capped for, like, how many years? But the cost of goods keeps going up. Yeah. And, yo, everything. going up. Everything, like, think about it. Like, people were not working. People were being laid off from their job. I remember I got laid off. And I was like, yo, shit, like, the cost of everything is still sky high. It's not like I can stop paying rent. It's not like I can stop paying this or whatever my utilities or my expenses are. Like, And even if you back-end it, they're like, oh, okay. Like they said, they're not going to cut off your lights in New York City. So uh, you don't got to pay Con Ed. Yeah, if you don't pay Con Ed, dead ass on the back-end, like they're just going to tack it on the back-end. You still got to pay it.
0: They charge, they charge interest? No, nah, no interest.
2: But still, they tack it all on the back-end. I remember what they started doing when COVID hit. I got this. Uh, I got this bill that was like it was three times what I normally pay for one month, wow. and I was like, "Yo!" I called them up, and they're like, "Oh, well, we never read your meters, so all the other bills we gave you were projections, projection? but we went into the building and read and read. It was an estimated projection of your usage." And we went into the building now. You know why they did that? Because nobody's been paying them because the city's not going to cut the lights off. So now they came in the building. They say they came in the building and read the meters and hiked the price. Tell me why the numbers went back down and got regulated again. Now that, now my bill is again. They read the meter again. And my bill is regular.
1: That's fucking like, nuts.
2: Like what? It doesn't even make sense. I don't, I don't get in it. the winter months, my shit was three times the price. I didn't even have AC on. I didn't have anything on. This is, this is horrible. Yo, which to me is just like the point I'm making is just that, like yo, you have to figure out other streams, other ways to make money, to make your money work for you. Because like ultimately, the cost of living is just not, is is just going through the roof, and the more that they print money for stimulus and all this other shit, you know, kills the value. It's killing. It is killing the value, and then you got all these competing currencies.
0: But the thing I, I realized after doing a lot of research. Like the biggest expense that we all have is uh taxes. Like that's our biggest expense. That but a lot of people don't realize that because it's not you don't directly pay your tax, you know what I'm saying? You just Come take it out you, of yeah, your paycheck. You don't know. even realize it. But that's your big biggest expense, which is why like you watch uh, Earn Your Leisure. Um a little bit. That's I like but like it goes to show like why Having a business is kind of important because you have so many write offs. Like you can write off everything. You can write yeah, you write really off could driving you can write off eating at a restaurant. You can you write a off business. the
1: space that you're doing your work, and you can write that off. Like, oh, like, even if it's at your own crib, like that's workspace. If you have a little office, you can write that off. Mm-hmm.
2: The deductions is key. Uh, the tax deductions is key. I mean, I think about it even like now because it's like working for myself. Like realizing how much the percentage of what you make was coming out in taxes. Whereas like when you don't pay it on the front end, you just pay it during tax season and you can based on your write-offs, like take, you know, offset that from what you actually made and kind of give yourself some level of a tax break. But it's just like, bro, that amount, that extra amount of money is a lot. It's a, it's way more than even when you're on. Like, you know, I'm just thinking about that. Like when I was at my last firm, like, I had like a six-figure salary, and literally now it's just like with the amount of, like without having to face a tax up front, it's just different, it's just a different thing. It's a different thing. You feel, you just, like the tax eats so much of it when you make a certain amount of money that it's just like, like yo, it honestly isn't even that much more than what I was making before.
1: Do you, how about like the new thing that they were talking about, well, like, you know, people at McDonald's and Burger King making 15 an hour. I think at, uh, minimum wage yeah but a lot of people were like really pissed about it because it's like the person who does customer service who makes that 15 an hour is like so what about me like you know what I'm saying because now they're not good. they he's been at 15 for who knows how long and now somebody who works at fast food is going to be
0: making just as much uh, as them
1: I think, that's, I think it's fair
0: I thought they been moved it up though to $15 I thought
1: I think I don't know I thought they did it to like 14 but I'm not too sure if they actually did it to 14 But I don't
2: know what minimum wage is now I, I don't know if it's on the, on the state or federal level what it is but um, people don't make a living wage though you think about it like how expensive it is like even to be here in New York City like in Manhattan even if you're all the way uptown like you can't get like a one literally a one bedroom apartment for less than like sixteen, seventeen hundred a month. And that space is not big at all. It's just like, but imagine people are still living up here. I mean, they get like certain government subsidies, but like they're living up here. They got kids, they got a whole family, they got a car, maybe they got car insurance. They got all types of stuff. Maybe they don't have a car because they're in the city. But like, still, it's a lot. It's a lot. lot. I mean, the expenses are fucking high. Man. The,
0: the thing about it for me though is like, yeah, we can try to put more money in people's pockets, but that doesn't solve anything because, like, the more money people get, the more money they just spent. They just think they're in a whole new bracket now, so that they just, you know, it's like somebody that um, they might get a brand new job, right? They that pays them twenty, thirty thousand dollars more. So what do they do with that money? Oh, I'm gonna get a brand. I'm gonna get a car, uh, financed for seven years at seven seven percent interest. Right? Seven. Oh, I, maybe I, I'm gonna move to a new apartment. now. I get a new apartment now. So now instead of paying the twelve hundred they was paying for before, now they're paying fifteen hundred. You just you didn't change. Nothing just changed at all. You can't save more money. Like I learned, man. It's it's all about how you how much you keep. It's all about, it doesn't matter how much you make, it's how much you make. 100%. 100%.
1: It's funny you say it because I've been doing like this new thing where, like, uh, it's like a challenge every month that I do now with saving money. It doesn't hurt my pockets at all. So, my first one I did for January was so day one, you put $1, $2, $3, like that. And then as it goes up, like I think like the 31st, you put like 35 But like in a month, I got a light like $500 just like that Just throw that shit in your savings. It's just. Little things like that that you can keep through the year. It's actually a good way to do it.
2: I literally do that. I even trick myself. I have like ways to trick myself into savings. Like I don't even have um, like a debit or ATM card for one of the accounts that like I do savings in. Like I just dead ass will literally. I mean it's old school. Like I mean I don't advise people to do it if they don't have the time. But like when I come to Long Island, I'll literally like just put it in that bank. Knowing that I can't even access,
1: them.
2: yeah, mm-hmm. and I just act like it doesn't exist.
1: But it shows discipline too. Yeah.
2: A, it it shows feels a good. I don't know. It's like a mental reward yeah, for yeah, me when does. I do that shit, and then I check the balance, and I'm like, ah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I was like, yo, like there've been times like I, I hate taking cash out. I hate the feeling like, like fuck, I got to go to the ATM or I got to go to Target to get cash out. Just getting out the car because you just want to go home after work. So the fact that like you just push yourself and you see the end goal at the end, it's like, ah, shit. Like, I really did that. It's a good feeling. So it's just like I like stimmy for myself that I just throw.
0: I was <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I was really fired, son. Y'all y'all carry cash?
2: Um, no, never. I don't. I mean, I do today because someone paid me but like over the weekend, but like, no, never, never.
0: Bro, I went to an all-cash event, like. Couple weeks ago, I just felt terrible. terrible. Like, I like, felt horrible. Even going to the barber shop, I, I could sell my barber.
3: You about like
1: cash?
2: <laughs> yeah, like for real. Now, cash is useless. Uh, it really is useless at this point, and that's why, even to me, the like these other forms of currencies is just interesting to me because, I mean, even when we are exchanging cash, it's just it could be another currency for that matter because it's like I'm i I'm a cash at you. Like I'm going to sell you, and it's just like. We're not even exchanging a physical currency anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's all it's all digital.
0: Yeah. The only thing about it for me also is like, so you let's say you bought Bitcoin when it was uh, a penny, whatever. You eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars, right? And now it's at thirty thousand. Cool. If you were to sell, though, you're just all you're getting is the American, you know, the U.S. currency. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like. Are we using Bitcoin? Or is it just a stock that you're using in order to get cash? Or is it like is this, is this going to be a legit currency?
2: Well, I mean, that that's to be determined. But I think like, the cool thing, I mean, I, I was listening to it actually on the JPP. That guy, I don't know if you heard that episode. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm listening to the it. The one before last, they had this guy on um, who was kind of explaining Bitcoin. And I thought he did a really good job of breaking it down on like how... It was a currency that was created by this this person who was like an anonymous, but like it literally. Um, how can I explain it? Like he they created the rules. Like they, you can always change the rule behind the dollar on some level, and they create they created this thing that you could like literally. And that's that's the fascinating part about it is that like the rules are already written so it's like it's like its own community of things that's why I like the thing with AMC and GameStop it was cool on some level because you gotta think the game is rigged on the stock market the game is rigged in terms of like certain institutions always win you have certain people who manipulate the market regularly even people like Elon Musk him literally putting Bitcoin in his like bio, bio yeah, like shifted shifted and created value so like it was cool to see how people on that Reddit group literally community pooled and were like, yo, we about to we about to bust these hedge funds dudes like upside the head. Like literally. They identified certain things that they wanted, and a lot of them I heard are gamers, which is why they wanted to like Game, they wanted to push GameStop. And it's just like I thought that was cool in terms of like the power of like community economics. And that's why the dope thing about like even like like, why do you put your money in the bank? Like, what value are you really getting out of it? Them niggas, they literally take your money and then go give it to other people it's and lend it. And literally, they, they give you pennies on a, like a fraction of a penny on the dollar, that, on your dollars that are in, the, in, in your accounts. So uh, that's why I like those ideas of like other currencies or community banking. But like, even like Susus, it's like it's kind of a commu- A Susu is a community bank on some level. I mean, you know, some people like it or don't like it, but it is a community form of community banking on some level.
1: People just don't like it because they still gotta pay after they pay. paid. Honestly. After they get their bread.
0: I mean, it's the point of it. Like you said it's a community, so yeah. you want everybody to to everybody to eat. That's what um you you follow uh Derek Grace nah. on IG. He's you probably seen him. He's that dude that uh. He got mad tats on his face. Uh, does he have the daughter who's like he he teaches like, his daughter, daughter smart like, shit? Like smart shit. They yeah, could be having yeah, guns man. and like his shit is nuts. But I like I respect what he's doing. He's teaching his kids young about investing and like he has like a whole community, but he preaches about like, you know, community banking. And like, you know, we might have a team of like seven of us. But like, you know, there's always that one one dude that kind of just has it, like, in the group. Like, and if everybody were to just kind of you know, follow that, and we we all eat. Like, it's like Drake, right? You got Drake, but then you got 40, and you got Oliver North, and you got... Took a try. It's yeah, like, around. and it's funny, because if you notice in all his songs, he's always big in the because he realizes, like, without these niggas, I ain't, you know, I really ain't shit.
2: Nah, that's true, bro. Honestly, but that, to me, that's also dope, because it's like, yo, you have to empower other people around you. Like, yeah. it's not really ill to just be up on something and not be able to, like... Support others like if you're doing something, you got merch, like, yeah, like, you gotta, like, one of us in the community mm-hmm. have to back that, out. like, all yeah. of us in the community have to support that so that, um, you can continue to keep do- being able to continue to keep doing it. Now, when people outside of your circle start to get onto it, if it, you know, it creates value. That's the thing I'm seeing, even with the like opening my firm, it's like, yo, real talk this week alone, and then the last two weeks. It's been crazy like and everything doesn't always translate to business but my phone stopped ringing like and it's all people in the community like it's literally you would think that people everybody has a there's a need for some service that you provide whether it be in the form of entertainment whether it be in the form of like business or you know a service like whatever skill you have you just got to know how to tap into your own community because we know so many people Think about that. Remember, I think we were talking about that party in the backyard for uh, when I when I passed when the you bar. Passed the bar. Think about how many people were there, and all of those people are, have. And the thing that was dope about that party for me was when I would go around and talk to people. Like everybody has like a personal personal relationship with me. Like every, and each one is different. Yeah. Like it would be like people, obviously cousins, family would be like people from high school, people from college, people from I went to law school with, people I played soccer with. Like, everybody was there, like, and so, like, and, and once those people, once you have a service that can meet those people and you can tap into that community pool and exchange, it's the same thing when, like, even my mom does the restaurant. It's like, yo, it, it, it once you're servicing your community, you can expand outside as well, which is good, but to me, I'm like, yo, I don't really have to be any, I don't have to prove myself to these people. Nope. Like, some of these other people, I'm. there's a sell that has to happen. I don't have... You don't have to sell me on 726 if I fuck with you. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm going to support you because I fuck with you.
0: Yeah. And you already like, know me already. You And, know and
2: that person is... Go- that other person who is in the circle might not even be on the inside of the circle, but just on the outside, is going to post your shit, and they may get two other people to be like, yo, that sweater looks cool. Like, let me get one. The power of networking, too. I'm right? telling you. I, I, you got to get on Clubhouse, though. I'm telling you. The chatty House? You yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I... Um... I was, uh, t- who was I? I forgot who I was talking to about this, but like you know, if you ever see on like IG, like artists or people that are in business, they'll say like, hey, it costs nothing to, to post somebody's. Uh, I hate that post. <laughs> Shut up. But Twitter, <laughs> the, the thing about it, I realize is like, people will always post, the, like if they think it's dope, they're gonna post it. Cause it's like it's like anything. If you if you heard a song like we was in the car, you're like, yo, you ain't hear this song? You want to put me on to yeah. something? It's not. Niggas always want credit for putting somebody on to something, but it's just it's cool to be able to uh, feel like I put you on to something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's that's like what IG's all about. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's sw- let's switch topics. Um, you know everybody's kind of still grieving. It's crazy because uh, you know Kobe died last last year, and um. Rest in peace, man. I mean, shit. It feels like it feels like just yesterday it just happened. Yeah, you know, bro. Like, you know, I don't know if it's because it's the. Uh, I, I I remember being at the crib last year, and like I said it, I said that like, Kobe Bryant died, I said it like ten times in a row, and then I just started bawling. I couldn't believe it. Like it just didn't sound like, real. when he
2: first died. When he first died, I remember. Oh, no. I, I cried. I cried. I cried. Just on the anniversary. I was listening to Eric Todd. Ta- if you listen to the E.T. video that he did about Kobe. Yeah. Oh, man, it'll make you cry. I promise you, with the music that he had in the yeah. background. E- you
1: know, E.T. will get you. He's gonna he was like, yo, he, he said
2: He said some shit where he was like, uh, he said, um, Kobe Bryant. He's like, you got to know you got to know what you want and what you don't want. Kobe Bryant told the Hornets, I'm out of here. I'm going to the Lakers. Purple and gold. I ain't going. I'm not going to be a part of an organization that's a loser. And he was just talking about mindset. And, like, the guy was dead set on excellence from day one. And whether you believed in him or not, he still was going to get that done. He, like, even when he shot air balls, you know, in the playoffs and all these things, like, he wasn't even starting when he, oh, for, for uh, the Lakers, when he started in the All-Star game. Like, the guy was committed to being great. And that, to me, is, like, honestly, the reason why I was so emotional when he first died, too, is because I never realized how much of like what I thought a man should be was kind of wrapped in Kobe on some level like all right, put the scandal aside like I just always like he was just always trying to be excellent like and to me that I don't know seeing him pass so young 41 oh my god I
0: I always remember there's that picture of him at uh whose party was it that they had but like he was in a suit and he just looked you know, Kobe's always, I, don't, I doubt Kobe was really out clubbing, like, during his career. Like, I really doubt that. He just, He's probably always in the gym all the time. But to see him kind of, like, Chill. just chilling and, like, he just, I need that picture framed in the crib because it it just looked like success. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what success looks like. I think
1: another thing is that we literally watched Kobe grow. Like we, like we there. Like not like there, but like we seen everything. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? From like championships to like even when he wasn't making the playoffs or making the playoffs, but like losing the first round, getting back up, and winning again without Shaq, and that was like the whole thing. Like will he win without Shaq? That story, and seeing him win two after that, and just watching him score 81, which is still fucking nuts. It's just like
0: it's crazy. I think Kobe is just the, a perfect example. Of delayed gratification, yo. Like real talk. Like, and that's what I was saying with that picture, just seeing him so happy after all these years of working hard towards something. But like I was reading uh somebody I think they did an interview with him and it was he scored 81, but he was saying like that 81 was built off of a work like workouts that he did a year prior. You know what I'm saying? Like all the work that he did the year before. That's when it all kind of came in all the came years. all into that one game. You know what I'm saying? Like it's shit, like that. Yo, compound interest, man. Like Kobe is the this Kobe is the definition of delayed gratification.
2: Hundred percent. I think like a lot of like what I understand about training and competitiveness. Like that's why I feel like I don't know, man. I just feel like that guy. I didn't. Obviously, we didn't. We don't know him, right? Personally, but like there's something about his commitment to like training and like trying to challenge yourself and push yourself. Even when he started, you know, he he had his own production company and he started, you know, he won the Oscar and he's doing all these things. Even after his career is just like, I I don't know, man. I just, I I really like if I, I don't really emulate a lot of like famous people or like even like put famous people that high up on a pedestal. But Kobe Bryant for me, like he, he was more. He was more than an athlete. Even his aura. Like I remember, someone was telling me uh, when I was playing when I was playing soccer that, like, I think it might have been Uncle Marshall, but like he came to visit. He came to visit me and he saw me play in Singapore. And after the after the game, he recorded the game and everything. We wanted. He, he we went back to my condo and he literally um, put in the he put in the take the DVD and we watched it. And he's like, look at this. He he just like, I don't even know, soccer, si, but nah, this ain't it. And he's like, yo, you got to change him. He started, like, literally walking me through, like, even your aura. He's like, you got to change your aura. It's like, you got to walk into a room and people don't even know who you are. And they're just like, yo, that guy, I don't know that guy, but that guy is somebody. And, like, he was talking about, Kobe, like, he was giving Kobe Bryant as an example. And it was just like, I don't know, that just stuck with me. I don't know. Even still to this day, like, I noticed that. They're like... When people have a certain energy, a certain aura about them, you might not know who they are, but you you're already like intrigued. Yeah. And that's that's something that's like an intangible that like will really set you apart. Like even I think it was Dwayne Wade. A lot of the guys say that, but I think Dwayne Wade said that when he was like, they were uh I think this was during the Olympics, and they were coming up, they were coming up for breakfast. And Kobe was, and they were, they were going to work out afterwards. And Kobe was like, yeah, I just finished working out and I'm about to work out again. And he had just finished working out. They had just gotten up and he's like, yo, he's still trying to be excellent. And on some level, he always tried to maintain that intimidation
0: factor. I like what he said about, um, like when he got to the league, he felt like it almost got easier because a lot of the dudes that play in the league, they, they playing financial purposes. They playing for a check. Which is, is crazy to me because if you look at Bron now, like, Braun's still dominating. And I realize it's because he's playing for a different purpose. Bron's not playing for money. He's not, like, why is he still in the league? He's really trying to be the greatest player of all time. Like, it's, this this difference. The, between the guy that's on the Kings, the, the, uh, the seventh man on the Kings that's just trying to, uh, you know, he's playing for that, whatever, $4 million contract. Bron's out here like, I'm trying to be better than Jordan right now, bro. And that's the difference. The man, legit. And we we can go on to this now because the season's, like, kind of a quarter quarter, done right now. But, like, LeBron's got another, like, three years in him, bro.
1: Of, like, excellence. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of scary.
0: He's 36. He's 36. That's nuts.
2: I mean, the thing is he never – the one thing I like about LeBron's legacy and, like, his career to me is that, like – he never, he never had to get back in shape. Like he never had, like he just didn't stop. Like the level of investment and attention to detail, to me is like, to me, one of the greatest like attributes and, and, and things that make him a goat on some level. It's just like, yo, like they, I, I don't know if y'all heard that Jared Dudley interview, but like on um, um, Bill Simmons, but he had his team locked in. He knew. Even if like, that's why even the bubble, like you could just tell they got the championship, not just because they were like one of the stronger teams, but they were, they never, he didn't let them falter. They were still training, even when COVID hit, like they had, uh, I guess like a, some, one of the rich guys who either is a fan or has some kind of stake in the team. I think he was like a big fan, but he has a full size court, indoor court. And when everything was shut down, the Lakers would be working out there. Like and the like, whole they, squad, not, not the whole squad, but they would do individual workouts. They would schedule time to be at this guy's house working out and training, even while all the other teams, you know, guys are playing themselves back into shape. Oh, maybe the league will come back. Let me get back in the gym. These guys were in. They were locked in like and to me is the mentality, like even not letting his teammates slip when they were in the bubble, when they were feeling like it was like they were in, you know. It felt like they were in a prison because they couldn't leave. They couldn't the food was bad for a long time. Hotel rooms. Yo, he kept them locked in and he literally stood to this like he never took a time off, bro. He never took time off. He's always fine-tuning his body. Look at his look at his performance. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Like Yeah, I, I think... like trying to play sports now, like you taking time off, even you getting back into jogging, doing the shit, like yo, your body yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. And you're either. not, and, and that's because you take lags, time off, overtime, wear and tear. This guy is this guy's a machine.
0: A machine, yo. I'm surprised. I hope they do a uh, like a documentary about the bubble because I heard it was like so. Like the Heat that and the Lakers, the Heat Lakers series, I heard was nuts because like the Heat would win like Game Three, and then like you know the hotel rooms aren't that far from each other, yeah. and then like. <laughs> They heat are like partying, like this loud music being played, and like the Lakers are like in their rooms, like tight because they just lost. Like it's war. It's like psychological warfare. Yeah. Like, they have. I-, I hope they did They do a uh, documentary about that shit because that was like a-, a different experience for real. Yeah,
1: definitely. Well, yeah, I think they're gonna be another uh,
0: bubble again. Uh no, nah, I don't think so. No, there won't be another one. Cause I mean, too many guys were complaining about their mental health and like, and to be honest, bro, it was it was a little rigged, it was a little flawed. Like guys, wow. were was, was all right. Donovan Mitchell was a great player. I, I love Donovan Mitchell. Like, but like fifty points in three games in a playoff series. Jamal Murray, fifty points. That was the mo- the most points he's ever scored in his whole career. Even this season now, I think he's averaging like seventeen points.
2: Would you feel like the, the so You feel good. like it was easier to perform than both?
0: Yeah, it was definitely a little bit more easy. I think what's the name? T.J. Warren came out. He was averaging like thirty, and like these guys would never like perform, players right? get high. I mean, Corey Brewer dropped fifty before. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> he once, but not three games.
1: Donovan Mitchell's a scorer, bro. He could score three he, games. He
2: had forty six, but, but also like he never had a hot game. There were certain aspects that kind of could, I could see, created an edge in there. But, like, I mean, the game is different in a
3: bubble. Like, that's why you even see, like, rookies performing on a certain level and, like, younger
2: guys performing on a certain level that don't even have that same experience and probably would not be able to do it in a more pressure environment. But, like, I don't know. I mean, it could go either way.
0: We're about to go real left right now. But, um, Netflix has this documentary about, uh, like crack in the eighties and like, it was just kind of, it really struck me just like, I didn't, I mean, I, we weren't born at this time, you know? So just to see like the impact it had in neighborhoods, like the Bronx and, you know, even areas in Miami or whatever like that. Like, do you respect drug dealers? Honestly?
2: No, no, nah,
1: I don't at all. I mean, think about this. It. Just- I mean, I guess it's their way to survive. Who am I to say, honestly? Because, I don't know, my story is different compared to what he has. He probably didn't have what You know what I'm saying? So um, I feel like that's why people do it, just to survive and try to make an end of it. Also, it could be a movie that they see and they think they can live that lifestyle or even music that they listen to. Um, doesn't mean that they have to be about their life or even they like people they see growing up around them, they can see. But do I respect it? No, because it's just like, it's just a shortcut. There's only two ways out of it. It's fucking jail or fucking dead, honestly. I never seen a, a happy drug dealer movie ever. I mean, Pain and is probably one of my favorite movies. But think about it. Nigga, one of them's a snitch. Another died. And the is in prison. So it's like niggas glorified that movie. But think about it. The end story was that what? Prison, death. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's like the same shit every time. What about you, Gil? Um,
2: I just don't feel like there's nothing. I I just feel like we watch all this stuff, and I mean that's part of the programming because I think like um, there's a not just American, but like there's a there's a fascination with with danger and and and, and crime and all this stuff, like. Even with like some of these shows, I don't know if you saw the the Richard Ramirez doc, The Night Stalker, it was pretty nah, good I see. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, and like you know, people are fascinated with serial killers. Like I watch all that stuff for like I like the psychology behind it to kind of understand why people do what they do. But to me, there's no glory in that. There's no glory in that. You, you pumping poison into communities. I mean, the documentary you brought up. I mean, I didn't finish it entirely. But I'm just very aware of what was going on of that situation in the crack epidemic and what was going on in our country um, with cocaine and, and the drug trade and the war and the war in Nicaragua and all these things. But like that shit ravaged communities and drug and crack became a drug. Crack was different than um, a lot of these other drugs. Even heroin on some level in the seventies cause you had a lot more productive drug users, but crack was something that just shattered people's entire worlds. where like mothers and you don't see this. I mean, I mean, that's, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking from a different perspective now having a kid, but like, you know how hard it is to see a mother leave their child behind. Like it's probably one of like, you could see a lot of different things, but to see a mother be unable to, um, to be so consumed by chasing a high that, they leave their own children behind. Is like something. It just tells you something. It tells you something about the drug, how addictive it is, and what it does to you. And to be able to knowingly peddle that in the community, you you're peddling that to your friends. You're peddling that to you know pe- you know mothers of you know. Imagine serving your friend's mom or serving your 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 kid's mom at some point. I mean, there's no there's no glory in it. There's no ethics in it. There's no, to me, there's no value in it. And I understand why people do what they have to do and, and, and where, why people choose that particular life. Like I can understand like the social and like circumstances that create that environment. But to me, there's no glory in it. There's no glory in that, bro. I
0: have, uh, I always talk about, uh, a client I had in Brooklyn that lived in the Marcy Projects, but like. When I talked to her about Jay-Z, she gets so mad like she hates Jay-Z like with a passion cuz she was like at that time he really was whatever whatever he was doing, he was he was moving shit and um you know, she said like it really was her in the neighborhood, for real.
2: Of course. Of course that shit. And to me, that shit on some level like there's so many larger players than just the drug dealer. The drug dealer's not even when you understand the crack epidemic and what was going on at that time, like you know that the drug dealer isn't even the drug dealer is like a pawn. He's on, an employee, bro. Like a pawn yeah. in the game because, like, when you understand what was going on with the drug trade and how the CIA was allowing this to happen, like literally allowing this to happen, um, supporting it. They had CIA agents and informants that were dropping off cocaine. In planes, like you know, across this country, like they knew what was going on. They were using this stuff to fund a war to control a country in in Latin America. Like, bro, I I, don't, I just to me, there's no glory in it, and honestly, it's unfortunate that like people watch that and don't take the lessons from it, and as opposed they they pull it like it's a hero, like these people become like like kind of like like they become like cult cult, like, they can build, like, cult followings from it. Like, you watch yeah. Narcos and it's just like, fuck, man, when Pablo died, fuck, I felt like, it's
0: just like. Yeah. Y'all, uh, y'all watched The Wire before, right? Yep. What do you think about the, um, uh, I forgot what season this was in, but, um, when that cop created, uh, Hampstead Dam. Um, what season was that? I think that might have been season three, but, like, Basically, for those that haven't watched or have no idea, in Baltimore there was there was a lot of drug dealing, a lot of shit going on at that time. And so a cop thought in his head, like, if let's just seclude an area where it's real exclusive to everybody, can sell their drugs, do whatever they got to do. And like at the time, it really did limit the crime that was in the area. But like that section of Baltimore was nuts. Like it was it was dead as hell, and like. I want them to really get into that. To that. Like, I really would like them to do a documentary about that. Like, just that little section.
2: Bro, that shit is happening in real life. Like, to me, um, like, because you know I worked in narcotics, gangs, and investigations. So, like, when I was at the DA's office, like, like I was working with like undercovers on cases and like different wiretabs and stuff like that. And like, one of the things you would see and one of the biggest problems to me with that whole system is like, yo, they got these undercovers doing buy and bust operations and doing all this stuff. For what purpose? They're never catching the source. They're only arresting fiends. And most of the cops, I mean, once you get to start working with them and start understanding how this how the system works, these cops are making arrests so that they can get overtime, so they can make money. They're literally like if they're at the end of a shift and they weren't able to get a catch a fiend and a buy a bus operation and arrest them, they'll arrest somebody for a marijuana sale. They'll set up a marijuana sale and literally like arrest somebody, even though they're on a project. They're on a project to do. uh, They're on a project to do.
0: Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Nah, baby. Nah, no, we got to today. No, no. Yeah, that's the other side. You got to go over there. Other side, other side, beloved.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> Make sure you talk to Over man.
0: there.
2: Man, I don't know. This oh, is in a different building. These feet, man. <laughs> gotta love it. I'm
0: telling you. wait, what? Wow. <laughs> gotta love it. Speaking yeah, of building. that and see that I, I'm glad that just happened right there. Um,
3: <laughs> we give some context. Yeah. To
0: so and for everybody that's listening, um, you know we're out here, you know, just trying to complete another episode of this pod, and uh, you know we get a random tap on the window from a very nice, very nice lady. You know she's just trying to get in the building. Unfortunately, the building ain't open to her today, man. Um, she got her five dollars. On <laughs> she got her five dollars, and you know she. Yeah, there. after she got the five dollars, she wasn't concerned with trying to come into that. Yeah, you she. Know, she wasn't worried about it no more. But you see, like after watching that crack documentary, it made me realize maybe we should have we should have because fiends have such a bad there's a bad stigma to fiends, but like it's not like they wanted to be a fiend. You know, they just they just tried it out one day and. That's it. Yeah, people don't understand
2: addiction. Anyone can have an addiction to anything, and like you got, honest. Unfortunately, like you said, there's like a stigma. But really, it's like when we understand addiction, we understand that it's an illness. Like it's really an illness, as opposed to like a, you know people. People used to put the onus on like drug dealers or crack or crack fiends for using crack or like you know that whole that was like a narrative that was like being spun by the by the government on some level, like crack moms and, and welfare people. Like it's all, when you understand what's really going on there, you understand there's so much more to that. There's people who are highly functioning. You know, Marion Barry, freaking mayor, mayor of DC was caught on video smoking crack. Like, and then got reelected. Like I mean, they I don't know if there's a documentary on him, but they should be. Is it, That's like, wild. It's, yeah, look it up, Marion Barry. Fiends came out to vote. Yo, this they run. had they have footage of him smoking crack. You can see it on YouTube. That's, That's nuts. Like you know, but it's just interesting.
0: Wait, they have it on YouTube? I video think it's of still him? On
2: YouTube. Yeah, it's a live video that that went that went viral. Someone caught him on camera smoking crack, and
0: later on, he was reelected. Wow. No, no, the fiends definitely came out of trolls for that nigga. No. All right. So, COVID going crazy right now, and the government bringing out them vaccines, and all you see over Twitter is, "I'm not taking a vaccine. I'm not taking that. I'ma wait on that. I'ma wait." But you know, I, I I'm kind of one of those people. Like, even when the PS Five come out, like I'll wait till the first wave comes and see what the problems with it, and then you know try to cop it after. So, but uh, y'all, y'all taking the vaccine or what y'all doing? I'm gonna wait on that.
1: Um, reason why, I, I mean, just it's just so many different cases that I'm hearing. So I don't know what actually is going on. Supposedly, a doctor recently took the vaccine and he passed away. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm hearing mad different stories where people are like, yeah, I just got vaccinated. They like tweeted all caps. I'm like, all right, congrats, I guess. <laughs> They're like, just be still wearing your mask though. Just thinking, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm still gonna wait on that. Another thing, I was like. Curious, like, would you recommend your parents get it first before you?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know if my parents are going to be up to take up to taking it. I mean, I think my dad said he would take it, but I mean, I'm I'm taking it. I'm just I'm just gonna wait probably another like six to eight months of testing just to see what to see what the feedback on the data is in terms of like like legit science. Not no anecdotal shit. And that's why I don't like sometimes about like Twitter. It's like a tweet will be go like viral. Like maybe not even viral, but like you know how like your timeline it just gives you things that other people you yeah, know like, liked. Um I and should see, move that. Yeah, man, you'll see like stuff where people be like, Oh yeah, this guy took it and he died and yeah. this one this one died after this one and this one had this that's anecdotal. That doesn't really like, that's not legit science. That's not data, bro. That's not real data. And to me, I understand why, you know, in the black community, people are skeptical of any vaccine for that matter. But like, when you understand what germs and like diseases and uh, viruses have done to the world, like that, that this is not new. Like pandemics are not fucking new. And honestly, the only way we've ever been able to level a virus or pro, like, or any high level germs it's through vaccines through vaccines. Yeah. Period. Like, this like there's nothing else to like talk about. Like, people don't know understand what polio was about because it's been wiped out. But that was a legitimate thing that was decimating like society Spanish flu, smallpox, all this stuff wiped out whole like large percentages. The Native Americans were literally like partially wiped out as a result of it. And there's so many others like that. So it's like the plague and like all this other stuff, like uh, leprosy All like
0: you ever seen, I feel like I'm always referencing some type of movie or some shit, but like there's this movie called uh, the Dallas Bias Club. Yep, It's with Matthew McConaughey. It's just a really good movie. But like it kind of talks about how um, when AIDS kind of first was, you know, Coming through the landscape, um, the doctor told him when he got it that he would only live for another 30 days. And um, he started, you know, stressing, you know, if you if you knew you were going to die in 30 days, you, you know, you want to do something about it. So he found another doctor that I guess got in trouble about something. You know, it's like it's like the black market that gave him some like, you know, whatever medication to kind of help him, you know, be all right so he was doing that he found his own little remedies and he ended up living a lot longer but at the time and this is why I'm so wary, wary about the vaccine the government put out medication to treat AIDS but that med- that treatment was killing a lot of people he ended up benefiting off of that by selling his own remedies mm-hmm. that's why he was called the bias club and he was making a lot of money for it but he ended up getting a lot of trouble why? because it was making the government look bad well I mean,
2: I guess like the bias club, one of the things that uh, you're right, 100 percent in terms of like the medicine, uh, the first uh, medicine that they were rolling out was having some serious negative effects. And like later on, they was proven to not be an effective treatment. But I don't think that's necessarily the same as like the COVID vaccine, because like one of the things about the COVID vaccine that um, is different. Than, like, for example, in that situation, like what they were taking was stuff that was like there were certain vitamins. It was like a, a lot more of a holistic list. It was a list of different vitamins and, and different things that if taken together could help uh, boost the immune system that could help boost um, that could prolong their life as opposed to some of the toxic stuff that was in the meds that they were rolling out in the other in, in the drug that was being rolled out by the FDA. The shit with the COVID vaccine Is that like for example Flu vaccine is like what 30-40% eff- Like efficacy so like You could take that shit and still get the flu But like This new vaccine with From Pfizer and Moderna Like it's, ni- it's between 90 and 94% Efficacy Like that is a very And that's based on testing Like that's a very effective um, Vaccine bro That's a you don't get a stronger vaccine than that. Like to me, I mean, and 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 that's supported by most medical professionals. So like, I just feel like sometimes people get caught up in, in anecdotes and don't really res- like all the medical professionals that I respect. People who are in my like age and peer group. People, I, like. I have one dude who I play AAU basketball with. Um, he's a doctor now, and he and he he took it. A bunch of different doctors that i've seen that i respect and even like all the sciences out there behind it seems to suggest that it's actually a good thing to take like it's gonna have a positive effect so i don't know i mean everybody can do what they want like i remember being you know like for example sam was so anti-vax and it was just like ah like you know we're not gonna vaccinate her you know it, give you know. There's a risk of her getting autism. Mm-hmm. There's a risk of uh, if she if she doesn't take it that uh, you know, or it's gonna hurt her and all the these reasons, effects. like the side effects. And yeah. I'm like, what are you talking
3: about? Like, do these things wipe out? Do you ever see cholera and how that,
2: yeah, that passed through happened. Haiti? Like, these are all basic things that like not have access to clean water, not have access to particular vaccines. Like, these things will white people out we want to travel the world if you want to travel the world and be a like legit world traveler and you think you're not going to be vaccinated we were all vaccinated all of us here were vaccinated yeah like whether we consented we couldn't consent at the time but we were all vaccinated had we not been vaccinated i was like yo you know what sam had this whole list of like things that we shouldn't or she was on the fence about wanting to like oh we're not going to take this one not gonna take that one I literally sat there. We had a black pediatrician that I really respect. And I was like, yo, can you please explain to her, um, based on your training and experience, that things you've observed in terms of uh, situations where kid- children did not get that particular vaccine and just list the symptoms of what you've observed. And she started going down a list of, like, babies with, like, all types of stuff. And I was like, so you really want to take the risk behind that when... Freaking 97, 98% of this population has taken this and has been scientifically back to be affected. You wanna run the risk that she get that? Alright. For some 2%. That, 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 to me, that math don't add up to me. i done riskier shit. They, you know, <laughs> mother, motherfuckers is out here, motherfuckers is out those same people on Twitter be the same people popping out. Uh, please, please stop. Please stop. These same people.
0: Black like Twitter is something else. Black Twitter is
2: ridiculous. These people will take Molly. Do you know how many different drugs are in there? Like, yo, toxic. Like, yo, when the when the labs come back on a Molly, um, and I say this when I worked at the DA's office in narcotics, when the labs come back on a Molly, you, know you, you see, you see, you see, you see cocaine, you see cocaine in there, you see MDMA in there, you see all types of shit that'll come back in a Molly. Different types of drugs that are coming through that shit, and niggas will be like, "I won't take a vaccine for COVID. I really want niggas to get the fuck out of here."
0: Yo, when he says investigative unit, I get stuck in. It's a big op at a law or some shit. Yo, yo. yo. <laughs> he said I work in narcotics. So
2: I am <laughs> like,
3: yo. I'm just saying, man.
0: But
2: like niggas will really say that and take them. Would be in the club and take a Molly. I like. Niggas was taking lean, niggas are taking bro. all
0: these <laughs> Niggas that just carry a double cup.
3: Just, you know I a just I, to carry.
2: I honestly would just like if, if we just didn't live in such like this like weird factoidal world where like people just get caught in rabbit holes online sometimes. And it's not facts.
0: I think more of it is just like there's just like no trust in the government. Yeah, and I just feel like we're all just exposed to so much shit. We
1: don't even know what to honestly believe.
0: Cause like it's like this, like bud, right? They're, they're getting it's clear they're getting ready to legalize it federally, probably within the next twenty you know, five years. And um, I'm sure we're gonna go to stores now, and they're gonna be selling weed cigarettes. It's gonna be you can buy it. But I'm thinking in my mind, black market still gonna be lit. Cause like, who's like if you're a real like. Pothead, like you really smoke, like you're not gonna be you're not gonna be willing to trust what the government's pumping out. You're gonna want to fuck with somebody that's
2: yeah, but it's still private. It'll still be private, private industry. Like for example, like if you go to Cali or you go to like a dispensary mm-hmm. or you go to a different location. I mean, it's just being it's federally accepted, like it's or you know what I mean. It's accepted on the federal level in the or on the state level in these states. But like, does that mean? It's not necessarily, that's what I'm saying about the vaccine is like, yo, because we have, because of our system being free market, like, yo, Moderna and Pfizer, I mean, you could, they're private companies, whether you think it's government or not, like, it's still, we live in a, in a privatized healthcare system, so like, it's still a private company. I mean, you still, like, whether the government, the government might regulate it because they regulate everything, like, the shit we drink, the shit we eat, it's all regulated, but, like, this shit is still Dunkin' Donuts. This is still fucking Powerade. Like, you know, you get what I mean? Like, whether the Bud was by Johnny on the Block or it was by Apple, it's still fucking Bud. I mean, like, I don't know, it's not like the government is sitting there freaking Putting the butt in, <laughs> into the fucking wrapping paper. Like, it's, it's fucking butt. Like, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not sitting here trying to be like a pro government person on any level because I don't trust this government either. But, like, on some level, the paranoia doesn't always make To me, doesn't always add up and make sense. Like, yo, the butt that they're going to sell in there is the same way you go in there buy Newport. Newport is regulated, it's still poison. It's still poison, but it's just accepted by, like, it, it's been passed through because tobacco has, like, big control in the government. But, like, for real, for real, you can go there and buy a cigarette. You can buy, that's like saying, why Why would I go to the store and buy Tito's? Or why would I go
0: buy Siroc? Yeah. It's the same shit. I know, but, it, but that's because, and I'm sure people get over that as the years go on, but, shit, we've been, you know, banned for what, how long? Years now years. It's been a long time. It's so you think they about to roll out the poison to kill us all in the new weed? No, nah, I'm saying like, I'm sure, because, um, all right, so like with Prohibition, right? People were probably still drinking alcohol, but like- You got to be low they, they had to, had to either, I don't know if they knew somebody that was-, it was anything, same, Yeah, exactly. Same right. thing. So- and then for, when the government finally allowed it, I'm sure niggas didn't just jump into the store and started buying it. They were probably like, it probably took a couple of years for, for everybody well, to kind of... after Prohibition, the black
2: market wasn't totally killed, but they did. People just went back to the store and purchased it because it was. there was a time where they could purchase it, you know, where they could purchase it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's always going to be a black market for anything. But, like, it's just interesting how the philosophy changed, I think was kind of hypocritical because, like, you think about... How many people are sitting in, in in prison right now, even on the federal and state levels, behind weed and marijuana sales, and still have the charges when they get out. And you know what I mean? Like Kareem Biggs Burke went to jail on federal on a federal five, weed charge, five years on a federal weed weed charge. So when you think about that, and now Jay zs is like getting into like selling weed, like really? stuff, like it's I don't
3: know. It's just I don't know. I just feel like it's like a big fucking. It's like a big circle, man. Like
2: I, on that level is where I'm like, ah, right, the government be fucking up. You know what I mean?
0: No, fellas, Gil, I appreciate you for having us here, at Harlem man. Yes, sir. It's a nice office, man. Let me plug a little, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, shout out,
2: shout out to the Bayonne firm, of course. That's my firm. Uh, we are here um, in Harlem. You know, hit us up, 1850 Amsterdam. Definitely hit us up if you have anything in terms of a criminal matter. Personal injury, that's auto accidents, slip and fall, um, whatever, you know, type of injury case come in for a consultation. As well as immigration work, we do removal defense if you're in proceedings, removal proceedings, hit us up if you're in, if you're, you know, trying to find a pathway to lawful status here in this country, if you're trying to get a green card, you know, or you know, you may have been a victim of any kind of abuse or cruelty, hit us up. 929 333 6497 you can get a theme song out there. that <laughs> Y'all <Yeah, they broke. laughs> yeah, right. Y'all yeah, ain't right. you see they broke up, though. You see how they got their old... Yeah, they I broke, broke up. up. Yeah, if you notice, you'll see the signs for Seleno and Barnes. Just notice you'll see Barnes once, and then you'll see Selino once. Oh, Even on the billboards on your way back, God, they're they all broke. over here.
0: They it. fucked up. They fucked up. They split the bag. That was a bad divorce. <laughs> That's a bad divorce, bro. I, I would've kept the business running, at least. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, fellas, appreciate y'all. Uh, another episode of Live on Sunday podcast. Yes, sir. Again, we will be back. Uh, we're doing it every two weeks now. Every two. So, um, yeah. Peace out.
3: Peace. <laughs> Peace.
4: We spent together doing just whatever. I thought that we would last forever, hand in hand, just together. Baby, I miss you. Do you miss me too? I know things have changed, they ain't the same, but what we gonna do? Can't deny it. I really gotta tell you that I miss you, baby. I love you, and I'm still hurt more than you could know And I'm still learning Learning to do this on my own And I'm still yearning Oh, I miss your touch And you should know And you should know Nobody else. I've never loved someone this much That's what hurts the most what hurts the most we don't even stay in touch baby i miss you do you miss me too i know things have changed they ain't the same but what we're gonna do can't deny it i really gotta tell you i said it's true baby i love you and i'm still hurting baby i miss you more than you can it's so the love.